Cast. Welcome to the Singapore foodie season of the Know or Not podcast, a light-hearted look at the near-obsessive relationship that Singaporeans have with food, glorious food. This Friday, July 21st, is Hari Raya Haji, the Festival of Sacrifice, and we chill with the coolest Malay chef in town, who not only runs restaurants, he's also an F&B entrepreneur and a popular TV chef whose trademark phrase is legit sedap. I'm uh, Chef Bob, 40 years old this year, and I have been cooking professionally 25, 30 odd years. Food has been in my life lah, since young. People know me as Chef Bob because I have my own TV shows. I've been in the limelight since young because uh, those days there's this uh, show called Mat Yo Yo. So I was uh, one of the calefers those days. And then after that, I moved into culinary. Since then, I have my own cooking show for the past 15 years. I have been doing around 30 shows so far. Yeah, so that's about me lah. On camera, he doesn't put on airs, and he lets his love of great cuisine shine through. Legit Sadap is the name of his latest show. Sadap is Malay for delicious. He's moved with the times, as you can view this online and on social media. Legit Sadap was born out of the love for food. I started vlogging around two years ago and I started with Chef Bob Makanapa too. I go around in hawker centres, in food centres to find good halal food to eat in Singapore. The intention I did Chef Bob Makanapa too was to help these hawkers to broaden their customers because uh, I run my F&B business before and I know how hard it is to put the words out there. And with the current medias, the old print media is already dead, so to speak. Right now, it's social media is king. I help promote these places through my platform. Right now, I'm moving on to Legit Sedap because I see a market for vloggers like myself to have passive income, to have this Legit Sedap branding, to find really legitimately delicious places to eat. Whatever I put the videos, the uh, webisode of uh, Legit Sedap Chef Bob, I must make sure I do a recce first on the place to taste the food first. Once I taste the food, it's to my liking. Again, taste is subjective. People know me as a chef first. To be a chef, you need to have a good palate. Uh, my palate has been trained for the past 20 over years. People now trust my palate. So that's why Legit Sedap is a branding uh, right now to promote new upcoming halal places or already established halal places that have promotions, food promotions, you know, so that they engage me through my social media, Facebook or Instagram. So that's where Legit Sedap comes up and the hashtag has been on Instagram and whenever you click Legit Sedap Chef Bob, you can see all the food, halal food places that is really, really nice. Every superhero has a different origin story. But Chef Bob believes most chefs have the same first kitchen inspiration. I grew up with a good kitchen. You can ask any professional chef, any established chef, who is the best chef in the world, they will say it's their mothers. 90% will say their mothers because we grew up with the cooking from my, my mother. 
Saturday, Sunday, wake up in the morning before I go to the kitchen, I can uh, smell the aroma from the kitchen. I know what my mother cooks. Every Saturday, every Sunday, before I watch the cartoon, first things first, I go to the kitchen first. You know, taste. The most favorite dish that I I like to this day, my favorite is my mother's ayam balado, which is the best. I tell you, I can eat it. One whole chicken, 1.2 kilogram of chicken, one sitting. That's why I was <laughs> a fat kid, lah, obese kid. My mother also has a cafe last time in Katong Mall. After school ends, I go to the cafe. I just help out in the chores, in the in the, in the cutting of uh, vegetables, washing of dishes, you know, making drinks and all. So yeah, I grew up basically around food. That's when my love for food grows. When I was four or five years old, I help out my mother. At one point of time, I started to dabble in music. During my secondary school days, when I hit puberty, you know, music brings the girls. <laughs> so, food brings the machi. So <laughs> those days, I, I play the drums. So I was a drummer, and you know, you get the attention from uh, <laughs> young girls when you are in a band, lah. So it was cool to be in a band. My mother's cafe is opposite of a recording studio owned by Razi M, the guitarist for Black Dog Bone, 70s rock band. So those days, you know, and I listen to how he does the mixing and all with a DAT. Those days, I think like eight track only, he can produce a symphony. You see, I was like blown away lah. When I think of it, to have a career of music is very hard in Singapore. Food, even if let's say you do have anything to do, you can just sell food out of from your your own home kitchen. And a help from my parents to say that think carefully what you want to do. Although they never push me to go into culinary, but my love for food is more than music. So I enroll myself in Shatek. I did my O levels. I have a good grade in O levels for me to go to poly to pursue another career. Those days Shatek during the 1990s eh, is all the misfits. And when I enrolled myself in uh, Diploma in Culinary Skills, I showed my O-Level cert to the person that I wanted to enroll to. He said, why you want to go into culinary? There's no future in it. I was like, taken aback. Culinary those days was not a career path. Back-breaking work, 16-hour days, 18-hour days. It wasn't a popular career. I told her, it's my choice because uh, it's a passion that I wanted to pursue. Since then, I never look back. Go into the industry, and right now, Alhamdulillah, I am where I am right now. With his multi-pronged approach to his career, first as a cook and then as a show host, soon enough, Chef Bob was labelled a celebrity chef, something he viewed with disdain. <laughs> I hate the term celebrity. Celebrity derived from the word celebrate. I don't want people to celebrate me as a chef, but to celebrate me as a cook. Nowadays, people can be a chef in inverted commas just by watching YouTube videos and doing mediocre cooking videos that is so stupid and they are celebrated. I just want to be known as a, as a cook, a good cook. Do not term me as a celebrity chef. That's not who I am. Sambal Belacan has been called the building block of Malaysian cooking. And to be a successful Malay chef, you better have serious game in this department. Chef Bob explains his approach to this beloved condiment. Okay, Sambal Belacan, eh? 
Actually, yeah, is a minute sambal in all array of sambals. In Indonesia, in the Malaysia itself, they have hundred over variations of sambal. Sambal belacan is here to stay because the ingredients itself is readily available. In Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, even Thailand, they have their own variation of sambal belacan. Okay, sambal belacan basically is the same ingredients but different weightage. For example, the chilies, uh, they have chilies, they have shallots, garlic, basically blachan. Okay, do you have any blachan? You can put in chinchalo to have that pungent taste to your sambal. Sambal is a condiment that we Malays need to have in every rice dish that we eat. It's so called a commodity, lah. He's the face of several restaurants, the landmark at Village Hotel at Bugis and the Royal Palm at Orchid Country Club and the Royal Palm at Clark Key Central. The way he runs his restaurants carries his signature style. This restaurant is started um, by the Singapore Hospitality Group seven years ago, yeah. Um, those days, it was fronted by my friend also, uh, Chef Said Shah, and then also by Chef Amri and all. And those days, because when this restaurant was established, I had my own restaurant, which is Sedap Corner at uh, Simpang Bedok. Basically, I was appointed their ambassador to promote the restaurant itself. Yeah? But having said that, as an ambassador, you endorse the restaurant. I make sure the food is up to my standard because it's my face, my branding together with your branding. It's a restaurant that I, I have been uh, endorsed for the past three years. Alhamdulillah, uh, it is still there. They already signed me up another three more years because of the service that I, I render to them. Having said that also, it is not only me. It's a team effort. A chef is as good as his team. Credit goes to the team behind a great chef. I'm just a face, I'm just a front. But behind me, there are tons of my so-called brothers that have been put in 16 hours a day, 18 hour days so that the food that we bring out from the kitchen is as good as I want it to be. And at one point of time, the landmark has been slapped with a ban of two weeks because we lose points from the NEA. The food quality is not up to par. We found out that it wasn't coming from the chef's fault, my cook's fault, but it comes from the ingredients itself, from a supplier. But again, having said that, we don't give excuses. We revamp everything, the kitchen we revamp. In any kitchen, there is bad habits. After the incident itself, the bosses at the landmark engage a hygiene officer who takes care of this. We do all things that we need to do so that the food Every time it comes out from the kitchen, it's at the optimum level. After all, we are humans. We make mistakes. Even Gordon Ramsay makes mistakes. The good thing about Gordon Ramsay, when he makes a mistake, he addresses it that it is his mistakes, which is not wrong. You know, we are after all humans, and as it is, we address that it's our mistake and just move on, move forward, and uh, try to maintain the level. That right now the landmark and Royal Pai OCC is having right now. When we set the benchmark as one of the most affordable halal buffet restaurants, there are copycats. And when there's copycats, it's a form of flattery. We, we must be doing something right lah when people copy us lah. So that's good lah. <laughs> to reach bigger audiences, chefs have been stepping out of the kitchen and in front of the camera. And on TV, Chef Bob's shows are super popular. 
For Chef Bob, he was inspired by Chinese-American chef Martin Yan, who hosted over 1,500 episodes of the iconic Yan Can Cook cooking show. If Yan can cook, so can you. That bugger can talk about a garlic for one whole episode. 30 minutes he can talk about the garlic, where it comes from, how it grows, what is good to, to cook with garlic. And I was blown away by this Chinese dude. And then he cannot speak proper English, but get me glued to the TV to watch him cook. After that, I tell myself, I want to do that. As time goes by, there's this show by our late legend, Allah Yarhama Asma Laili. She has her own cooking show also. And I tell myself, without uh, having any disrespect towards Mami Asma Laili, that I tell myself, I can do better than her. When you have this perception, when you put, put this thing inside your brain psychologically, yeah, when you do that, you tell yourself that every day, the world works in mysterious ways, that Allah works in mysterious ways, that be careful what you wish for, it can be granted. That time, I was working in Ritz-Carlton. There was once Pesta Perdana by Surya was held at Ritz-Carlton Millionaire Singapore. That time, I was the Muslim chef at Ritz-Carlton and all the producers was there, the artists was there and I cooked for the whole Pesta Perdana. I don't know whether it's Pesta Perdana 8. There's a worker in Eagle Vision which is my old friend from Matyoyo, which is Haiz. Haiz saw me in the kitchen and then uh, we were reacquainted. Lah. After that, I got a call from Haiz. Haiz said, uh, Bob, there's this casting call from a production house that's looking for a chef to do a cooking show. I was like, oh, bro, okay. It's my chance. Ah. I tell myself I cannot let this chance slip away. I can't just say, oh, would you want to go for the audition? I said, what do you think? You know, of course I went out. You know, it's a stepping stone for to me to fulfill my dream to have my own cooking show. I met the producer, which was Zulina. She's right now with uh, Eagle Vision. We talked and then she saw my portfolio. That's when my first cooking show was established, which was Chef Scooter. It was at on Surya, and then Asian Food Channel bought over it, and then the rest is history. From then on, like I said, I have around 20 to 30 cooking series under my belt. I haven't looked back since. And to tell you the truth, it's not easy to cook in front of a camera. You can be a good chef, a great cook, but when you are in front of camera, you will have the jitters. Alhamdulillah, I got the training when I was with Mat Yoyo and all. Still, I have stage fright. You can see one of the episodes, which was with Rila Melati, I was so nervous. And when I look back at the episode, I feel like cringy, you know, very cringy. Did this happen, you know? It takes time. Since then, I try to better myself in every cooking shows. That's when I have a opportunity to do Chef Bob Kelong, which I went to all the Kelongs around Singapore to catch the fish. I even go into um, spear fishing to catch the fish. I go diving with the baramundis and all. And after that, I have that show called Chef Bob Asli, which I go to all the forested area to cook outback style, you know, which Singapore viewers can relate to because we are an urban jungle. So they like to see this kind of thing where I 
sembelih the chicken uh, slaughter the chicken live in front of the camera slaughter the, the the cow live in front of the camera so it was an experience it's the best experience I, I had as a chef also to learn where our food comes from right now I shifted to social media to do my own uh, cooking videos and with the legit setup lah If there's one uncommon stereotype of chefs, it's that they're overweight. It's somewhat understandable because they spend hours in their kitchens cooking up a storm and the temptation to indulge is ever-present. Chef Bob shot the fame as a big guy. But you won't hear a word about this now because Chef Bob made some tough choices and dropped the weight, almost 100 kilos, and he's kept it off. I was 188 kilos at my heaviest. I just had my son, Umar. I wanted to see my son grow up and knowing people who are overweight, obese, wouldn't see the light of day in their 40s, you know? I just tell myself, I cannot be like this forever. I need to do this for my son, to see him grow because I have given him the best gift and I have brought him into this world. I need to do a good upbringing into this world also. So I'm a husband and I'm a father. And as a husband and head of a house, you need to be the maintainer and protector of your family. If I cannot be the maintainer and protector of myself, what makes me think that I can do that for my family? So I said, I need to do something about my weight. The public doesn't know this yet, but I went through the gastric sleeve operation. So this is the first time I say it to the, to the, to the public. Eh? Because, okay, this is why. The intention of me doing it is for my son. But when you have uh, lose a lot of weight, and then if you can see the aesthetic of it in front of the mirror, sometimes your intention change. Yes, I do it for my son, but right now I'm just doing it to look good, which is not the right intention. I never tell people that I go through the gastric sleeve operation because I don't want them to think that this is a is an easy way out. It's not an easy way out. I did a lot of social searching. I asked my spiritual teacher, my ustad, is it okay not to go through this? Yes, it is okay, but with the right intention. I want to say this out that if you want to go through this, make sure you need to change your lifestyle. I totally changed my lifestyle 180 degrees. I right now exercise five to six times a week. The food intake is yeah obviously good because stomach is small, you know. But right now after four years. The stomach recalibrate and you can eat as per normal, and that's when you need to really watch. I had friends who went through the gastric sleeve surgery; their weight went down, but they never changed their lifestyle. Then their weight now balloon back to the original weight that they started, which is a waste of time and money. You know, money is okay, but time because prior to the operation, I need to go for tests. You know, heart tests, blood tests. I think five times of blood test. You need to go for sleep tests and all the tests. It takes eight months of uh, testing before you can go through the surgery. Before this also, I lose weight on my own also. Uh, this is my fourth cycle of losing excess weight. First cycle was during uh, national service, which was really good lah. Okay, army. Well, good. Bam, 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 bam. And then you go back into in the industry. After NS, I go back into uh, cooking and all. You never watch my diet. It balloons back up, but after that I got my chef scooter right, and then I wanted to look good for TV, and then I went to my doctor. My doctor prescribed me this appetite suppressant called Duramin. So it only works for three months, 
and after three months, your body doesn't react to the to the drug already, and you started to binge eat. That's when my weight ballooned back, ballooned greatly. That I was weighing more than when I started to take duramin, and it screw up with your heart rate and all, and your your kidney and all. And it's a fast way to lose weight, but also the faster way to gain weight. After that, I wanted to get married, so I wanted to have this plumbing body, so to speak. So that way, I do it by myself, and I have a good diet and I exercise also. I go down 40 kilos, and after that, I got married. I got complacent. I got comfortable, and my wife, Alhamdulillah, she accept me for whatever shape that I am in. I never think of myself. I just eat lah, eat, eat, and my wife was so happy. You know, we eat together. She also loves to eat, and it balloons to 188 kilos. So, told my ustad, can I go through the surgery? He said yes with the right intention. And right now, I still need to reinstate why I do this, why I do this, because once after I do all the workouts, right. The aesthetics, I saw muscles, and then you see yourself in the mirror, and you look good, and that's when the intention changes. So right now, you want to just exercise and just to look good, which is wrong. You wanted to lose weight because you want to fit into clothes, which uh, which you can buy off the rack, which is wrong intention. So, if let's say you want to go through this, please start off with the right intention, and please continue to reinstate. The right intention on why you want to lose weight. I wanted to lose weight because of my son and because of my religion, which is Islam, because of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Because I need to take care of my body. Our body is a temple, is an amanah that you need to take care of. That is how I reinstate my intention back. Um, it has been four years. I've been um, maintaining this weight, and as you can see in my Instagram stories, I do hit workout, I do gym, I do Muay Thai, soccer, and all. And that has been my regular exercise uh, for the past four years. To lose weight, right? Balance healthier lifestyle is actually 70% food intake, 30% of exercise. The operation helps me, but right now. The stomach recalibrate really is already expand, so I, I really need to to really control my food intake. It is for my son. Running restaurants and starring in shows would already be plenty on the proverbial plate for any chef, but Chef Bob's creative impulses led him into the world of F and B entrepreneurship, and he started Crush, a brand of artisanal snacks. Crush is a brand that I established together with my boss, which is right now my partner, Kak Nur Huda Rabani from Ashura Pace. Uh, Crush, we didn't know that Crush was an abbreviation for our name until she is the one who told me. Okay, it's just what life loves the word Crush because it's uh, international. It's snappy lah, and the abbreviation is. For our name, you see, K is Kamisa, my wife. R is uh, Ramlan, Kak Huda's husband. U is my son Umar. S is my real name Shahrizal, and H is Huda. So it's abbreviation of the names of uh, of us, you know. And it was like, wow, okay, good. Um, we established a crush to do uh, high rise cookies. 
that is only seasonal you know which is good you know to have just something is a business lah i've been doing business for, uh, for half of my life and, and it's it's soon now so to do business and i love to do business but it's hard right now in a saturated market after we do the artisanal cookies we went into the only salted egg keropok in singapore and after that they have copycats lah from malaysia and all what we found out about salted egg keropok is that it cannot sustain a long shelf life Yeah, which is bad for business because snacks we need to have a longest shelf life of six months to one year in an ambient place so that you can um, do export and import so we do a lot of R&D for our salted acropo it is nice only for the first two weeks and after that it was lemau it, was, it wasn't crunchy anymore so trying to find other ways or other interesting snacks to put into our branding of Crush Right now, we're just still finding snacks, interesting snacks to market through the Crush branding. It's a slow and steady pace, you know. I still haven't get any uh, pay out of it because I tell myself, okay, this is my passive income. I just invest a certain amount of money together with my my uh, partner Huda to build the branding first, establish the brand first. Check back on us on our Instagram and see what are the new things that we're going to put lah in our snacks. It's 2020, and I asked Chef Bob what he would be up to in 2030. 2030, if I'm still around, if I'm still alive, I'll be 50 years old. I've put this in my Facebook status. By then, I wanted to retire to have one hawker stall sell five types of dishes. That's it. But for that to happen, you need to have your income already. All set up, inshallah. Maybe crash is flying off. You know, uh, autopilot. Other business of mine have that autopilot itself. When that can sustain my lifestyle by 50 years old, I wanted to have one hawker stall selling five types of food just for the love of cooking. That's it. Five is just enough. For example, five nasi goreng kampung, kuitia goreng kerang, nasi goreng ikan asin. All the staples lah And the meats and all I haven't think of it yet But nasi goreng kampung Is one of it lah To Retain Tradition Because Our traditional food Is dying Especially Malay traditional food Is dying Without The second generation And third generation Continue Like pariaman Best padang food Right now The third generation Nobody is going to continue The legacy right now Which is a worrying trend That's why we need To have younger chefs right now Younger than me To continue this legacy Without tradition We wouldn't have any identity The Italians have their pastas The French have their baguettes and all The Chinese They have their their fried rice But the Malays What are we known for? Internationally Don't have So we need to preserve this I think rendang is coming up Because of the incident with MasterChef Crispy rendang That puts rendang in the world map It's good So we need to preserve our tradition The younger chef need to know How to cook traditional food Before they go on into other cuisines We need to keep the tradition alive For our children And our children's children And that's why I wanted to have that hawker stall At 50 years old in 2030 And have five dishes To continue the legacy, the tradition That's it Thanks for listening to the Singapore Foodie Season on the No One Up podcast. 
It was produced by me, Ken Delbridge, and recorded by Adam Yaman. My thanks to director and content creator Hamid Osman for getting Chef Bob to the podcast studio. To learn more about Chef Bob, swipe on the cover art to see show notes and links to his social media, or visit our website, knowonot.com. Subscribe via your app to be notified when new episodes are out. Singapore is in phase two of our COVID recovery, and one of the hardest hit industries has been F&B. Please do continue to support our local eateries and hawkers, whether you eat in or take away. When out and about, remember to wear a mask and practice social distancing so we can keep COVID in check in our nation. Stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy good food. 